Uh, hello, welcome to Movies Are Dead. This is a brand new app, straight from uh, our lips to your ears. I like that. It's a good intro. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, today is uh, January 16th, 2021. Um, believe it or not, Bobo, we recorded our first episode ever for Movies Are Dead one year ago today. Yeah. Um, it was on Trajillionaire by Miranda July. Uh-huh. Great movie. Yeah, great movie. Um, I can't believe that we even continued this at times. Yeah. You know, it's bizarre. Yeah, I feel like most people I know don't have any commitment or a sense of, you know, whatever, <laughs> responsibility or, yeah. or a will to do anything with their lives besides the basic, you know. Nine to five. Eat, survive. Off, go on an Instagram yeah. vacation. Yeah. Do some acid. Yeah. Try threesome maybe, but then like feel really bad about it after. <laughs> okay. And they're like, we'll never do that again. Right. They feel like really shitty and regretful and they Ugh. break up. Yeah. You're kind of like, yeah. That kind of thing happens. And then, what happened here? You're like, did I? Oh, I kind of ruined a friendship and a relationship at the same time. Sure. And there Not it goes. that I would know, but I've seen that happen. Yeah. Ugly stuff. Anyway. So, anyway, uh, any, no, I mean, do you have any reflections on this past year of doing this podcast? Dude, any, uh, I've, thoughts? I've, you know, I've told you before, uh, doing this podcast has, believe it or not, changed my life. I, it has. Ooh. It's changed my perspective on a lot of things. It's changed my perspective on our relationship, our friendship. You know, I feel like this has been a form of friend therapy that is much needed in 2021, 2022. I don't know, just seeing you on a daily, not a daily basis, but like a weekly basis or on a repetitive basis and talking about things we like, like movies, it's certainly given me something to look forward to and made me feel good after, you know, um, you know, we took some time off for the break, Christmas break. And that was, that, that was awful. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, we, like it was really bad. Like it was, um, I need this, you know? just talking about movies with, with you, you know, and the way we talk about them, you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause I know nobody listens and that's okay. But I mean, like, it's been an amazing experience. And the fact that we've done, I don't know how many episodes, but over the course of one calendar year, that's pretty impressive. I think, I think us sticking to something like what you said and doing something like, you know, it's, it's been life-changing. That's nice to hear. Unexpectedly, yeah, nice to hear. Oh, you told me before, but still, it's uh, it's uh, still unexpected every time I hear it. Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. Yeah, and I hate, uh, you know, like, like if people, like, if I tell people, I've only told like a couple of people we do this. Mm. I don't like telling people about it. You know, I'm not on social media, so it's just like when I do tell people about it, you know, they kind of just like, oh, podcast. What do you mean? You know, what I mean, like. You know, I remember I told somebody and it's she was, cool. she kind of made a face. She was like, like of disgust and like jealousy at the same time. <laughs> it was great. I won't name names, but it was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to see us in pure raw form, first episode ever, go back to Kajillionaire. Listen to that. Yeah, it's on video. It's on video too. And the reason we stopped doing video is because it's just, it was a pain in the ass. We got to set everything up. Got to make yeah. sure the set looks clean. 
uh, you're kind of self-conscious. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's not. Uh, the form of audio, this is, I think this is how podcasts, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. were supposed to be. Just audio, listening to two people, three people, however many people talk, you know, and that's it. So That's, that's true. That's uh, what, uh, yeah, audio is the way to go. Forson Wells had a podcast. He wouldn't do video. No, he wouldn't. He would know that the format is specifically in sound. Yeah. Um, well, I've also, if I can say something, I've also enjoyed, uh, greatly enjoyed talking about movies with you. It, oh, thanks. It's uh, helped me try to be more articulate about why I like or dislike something. Yeah, for sure. In a way that I wasn't before, I just uh, acted on purely on feeling. I yeah, just yeah. Uh, couldn't yeah. really express why or why not. Yeah. I like something. For sure. Yeah. And uh, and you always bring it up, too. Like, you know, like, I know it sounds bitter and resentful and mean, you know, like, you and I talk about it. You know, it just feels like the podcasts about movies that are available, there's some sort of disconnect. I don't know what it is. There's some sort of weird upper echelon to them where it's just like, you know, maybe they studied criticism somewhere and they got their master's somewhere. And it's very hoity-toity to use like a nickname, phrase, whatever you want to call it. And then like what you said, to do podcasts in a studio, you need moolah. You need the money. We don't have the moolah. We don't have the money. We're like working class bums, right? So <laughs> yeah. like this is, you know, you've made a joke one time. You're like, we're not, you know, in a Brooklyn apartment or something. Yeah. Like it was it was such a like dig and a FU to certain types of like podcasts and certain types of people. That I couldn't help relate to it. I'm like, yeah, we're not those people. Yeah. We're like regular humans. I don't know how to describe it, you know? Oh, that's true. I think we we uh, give a working class perspective on, on on art generally. We talk about all kinds of things on here. And it's that's uh, true. usually have, what, like podcasts, you know, they're usually film critics. Like you said, they got a master's, whatever the fuck. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they have sex. <laughs> It doesn't. It never does. It just sounds yeah. like they've never seen an asshole or like something. <laughs> that is true. They yeah. <laughs> or a nipple in their a whole lives. Or they've never eaten ass. You know. Like they would like they would blanch and like fa- like back away if yeah. you like show them a picture of a naked man. Yeah 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 yeah. I know and, what you're saying. And uh, it's just that kind of thing. It's the, it it feels that way sort of. It does. It does. It does. So. And um, yeah. They're so uh. What we don't do is we don't try to like contain ourselves or pre- present ourselves in a way that's cool that's true yeah, or very don't. uh you know very market friendly and they do they just look like someone who like never wants to say the wrong thing i know and be called out on it online yeah. or like yeah. be called like a loser dipshit loser on twitter dipshit. twitter yeah and yeah. we don't have that because we don't have twitter we don't care and uh i know i know and if if like anybody discovers this podcast in like 40 years or 30 years you know, society has changed so much where it's just like, yeah, we use it. People are afraid to speak about certain things or maybe, you know, they're afraid to voice a certain opinion and they're right. afraid. It happens. You know, we're going to get famous one day and we'll get canceled for these po- for this you podcast. Know, we get canceled, we get canceled, but they can't deny a service at McDonald's. It's true. Or Burger King. My favorite restaurant. We'll always have a place to eat. And uh, lastly, I guess uh, I remember asking you what you thought the podcast should be called. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think this was like one of your first I- one of your first two ideas. Yeah. Because movies are dead. Movies are dead. Yeah. Of like, course. Yeah, it's fitting. Yeah, because they are fucking dead. And anybody that says like, oh, movies aren't dead, you're just like, meh, meh, meh. I'm just like, nah, they're kind of dead right now, man. Yeah, it's the dual meaning. Like uh, you have something like theater, 
actor is alive. Like you go see a play or a musical. Yeah, yeah. That serve art form is alive because every time you see it, it's being performed in front of you. Yeah, it's true. And movies are, uh, they're a copy of something. They're, they've been captured on film. Specific time, specific place. Yeah, and so those moments you're, looking at, you're looking at the past. No, yeah, for sure. And I'm Something glad you brought that up. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, though. About sure. Specific time, specific place. Because, like, the movie today, Nick and yeah, Moore's yeah. looking at playlist. We'll get into that in a sec. But, yeah, Movies Are Dead, that was one of the first ideas we had. Uh, we came up with the idea on a Thursday. Uh, I think it was January 6th, 2021, the day of the capital, capital shindig. And I'll never forget that day where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to get the mics. And I'm coming over, and we're talking to Jillionaire. Let's fucking do this. So, Like you hear stories about all those bands that started after 9-11. Yeah. That was our That was us. Go start a podcast. Yeah, we're going to start a podcast. Yeah. It was the morning up. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like 8, 9 in the morning when we met up to talk. Right. So it was like, you know, by the time I got home, I was just like, holy shit, there's a fat guy storming the Capitol. I know. I just turned on the TV and it was like, this is weird. I was like, look at that. What's they're, going on? they're kind of busting through that. Huh? They kind of got in a little too easily. Yeah, he's like walked in. He just walked in, waltzed in. But yeah, I mean, we came up with that idea. And anybody listening to us right now, thank you. Anybody listening to us in 40 years, thank you. And we're gonna keep this thing going. I don't care. We're gonna okay. we're fucking. We're gonna go Thelma and Louise on this fucking shit, dude. <laughs> you know. Yeah, ten thousand so. episodes are uh, or death, whichever comes first. Yeah, man, or death. Yeah, exactly, dude. So thank you, Bobo, for that. Sure. You know. Um. All right, guys. So yeah, we mentioned it. Today's movie is Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist from two thousand eight, directed by Peter Salet, right? Yep. And this one was written by uh, Lorraine Scarafina. Uh, she also became a director in herself, you know, with Hustlers, right? Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, this is based on the book by Rachel Kahn and David Levithan, you know? So, this movie, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, like seven or eight. Not eight no, probably. 10 11. 10 11? Yeah, sure. All right, 10, 11. Yeah, I've seen this movie three times. Okay. I was lucky to see this one in theaters. Wow. And um, yeah, I saw it in theaters in 2008. Uh, I was in high school. And I then I then saw it again on DVD. And then I saw it recently, you know? Yep. For the podcast. And dude, I forgot how fucking like warm this movie is. Like this movie is so good-hearted. I don't know how to describe it. Even the times of like you're like, oh, that's a little weird. It's a little shady. That wouldn't fly in 2022, right? Maybe. It still like resonates in this beautiful way, you know. Mm. And um, I can't like describe to you like. I don't know, just the feeling I got watching, rewatching this movie for the podcast, me being almost 30 years old now, and me looking at the actors in this movie, the story of this movie, the setting of this movie, and even like where I am in life, it made me like rethink things in some weird way, you know? And I'm not, I'm not sure if it's because I'm turning 30 soon. I'm not sure if it's because this movie, I watched it when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. or I'm not sure if it's because it's like this weird indie gem from 2008 pre-Obama era, which we'll get into later on. But I don't know. I just made, you know, it, it reminded me of 
of a good time. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I concur. <laughs> I saw this movie when I was like 17 and on TV, and uh, it just reminded me of uh, uh, sort of capture the feeling of just what it felt like to hang out with friends and going out and listening to music, <clears throat> going to like a bar or a club. Yeah. And listen to yeah to like a cover band yeah it's yeah. where i lived it was all cover bands and uh just the feeling of you know camaraderie and friendship and hanging out and you, you yeah. feel like these people you had you'd like to know forever but apparently Dude, not i know it's no we'll get to that too and there's just for a for a romantic comedy indie romantic i guess teen comedy from 2008 mm. there's a lot of layers to this movie and there's a lot of like themes and feelings you get you know uh before we get into all the you know the themes and all that stuff you know we'll, you know we'll, let's go through the cast here and let's get through the technical stuff so we got michael Sarah. he pl- he plays nick in this movie he's a heartbroken he's pretty much like a heartbroken teenager right getting over his girlfriend tris he plays in a he plays in a band that's where he's the only heterosexual male in the band right yeah and uh he's the bass player Right, and he drives a Yugo, almost extinct at that time. I've never, I've, I think I've only seen one Yugo before in my life, and it was in the Valley in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, we got Kat Dennings as Nora. Right, she's the teenage daughter of a studio mogul, right, who owns Electric Lady Studios, mm-hmm. right, which is revealed later on in the movie. She plays the love interest of Nick. She kind of first discovers Nick when like. She's friends with Tris, right? Nick's ex-girlfriend. She throws away these mix CDs that Nick made her. Yeah. Right? After she cheats on him. And he's trying to lure her back with these CDs. He's like, come on, come on, I need you back in my life. But Kat Dennings discovers these CDs, and she listens to them, and they're incredible mixes of music, ranging everywhere. Like, a lot of indie rock, indie pop, right? For the time being, yeah. right? Mm. Um. So she is the love interest of Nick. We also have Alexis D. Ziana. She plays Tris. That's Nick's ex-girlfriend. Not the nicest girl in the world. No. No, she's kind of evil. She played like a Lolita-type character in Broken Flowers. She was the character of Sharon Stone's daughter <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. Right? That movie's amazing, by the way. We should re- fucking review that movie. I don't, sure. think we've re- I don't think we have reviewed a Jarmish movie no, on not here. Yet. Um, who else do we got here? We got Ari Grainer as Caroline, Nora's best friend, the drunken sort Secret of... Secret star. It's funny. Secret star of this yeah, movie. I really 100% agree. Her character of Caroline steals the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. She is the most original character, I think, and it's really hard to play drunk on screen and do it successfully in a weird, friendly, warm, comedic way. Mm. She does that at its best, in my opinion, right? Right. Um, we also have... So we'll get to the bandmates of Nick. Uh, we have Aaron Yu, who plays Tom. He's the guitarist in the band. He is the Asian character with the long hair. He, he drives the van, right? Uh, this actor is one of the most underrated actors, in my opinion. Side character, side supporting actor in, of the 2000s, in my opinion. He had great roles for, for a street there. He, had, he was in, like, The Wackness. He was in Nick Denor's Infinite Playlist and also 21. And then he kind of, like... You know, maybe he stopped getting cast or cut back on his work and stuff. But he was—I always thought he was an underrated actor. He was also in Disturbia too. He played Shia LaBeouf's 
like best friends. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He hit a good streak there. We also have Rafi Gavrin, who plays uh, Dev. This is Nit's other friend of uh, the band. He's the singer of the band. The band is called the Jackoff. Oh, the Jerkoffs. Sorry about that. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in anything, right? And yeah. then I did some research, of course, and I was like, oh, this is the dude from A Star is Born. He oh, is plays he? like the manager. Remember that manager that Lady Gaga gets and he pushes her into like more pop, more mainstream, oh, yeah. pushing, pushing. Bradley Cooper's He's like, like British doing? though, right? What? He's like British. Though, yeah, I think right? he's a Brit. Yeah, he's Not a great actor, man. Yeah, what a, what a performance. And we got Jonathan B. Wright as Lothario, who is a scene stealer, in my opinion, right? Uh, he is, you know, um, kind of like the new friend of Tom and Dev. Yeah. You know, he's mysterious. He doesn't say much. And when he does, he kind each scene he's in where he he's given something, he steals it, right? We also have Jay Baruchel who I completely forgot was in this movie, dude. Like, Jay Baruchel plays the ex-boyfriend of uh, Kat Dennings, and it was, you know. So we got to the cast. Let's get to the cameos, because I think the oh, cameos yeah. fucking make this movie, dude. Okay, the cameos. <laughs> just name a few. We got Laureen Scarafina, who wrote the movie, director of Hustlers. She comes out in the brief scene with Seth Meyers. Yeah. Seth Meyers, SNL days, pre-late show Seth Meyers. They make out in the back of Mitch Hugo. Right? When they mistake it for a cab. John Cho just shows up randomly. Mm -hmm. Fucking John Cho, Harold and Kumar, Star Trek, the John Cho. And we got Kevin Corrigan, Booger, Buffalo 66, Goodfellas, right? Big fan. Huge fan. Shows up in a. No, the movie Big Fan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. He is a big fan. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that movie. Um, yeah. Uh,. So Kevin Corrigan comes out, doesn't say a word yeah. of dialogue, a word, but he somehow still has the presence of where you go, oh my God, that's Kevin Corrigan, right? At least with me. And we got randomly Devondra Banhart oh, yeah, showing yeah. up. I think he shows up in this scene. We got the movie playing right now, but yeah. he just shows up. And He's I'm like, like in the background, yeah. And I'm like, is that? Is, I was like, I for completely forgot he came out in the movie, right? So those are just to name a few of the cameos in this movie. Um, anybody who was like in tune or like, uh, like, you know, kind of like in sort of the pop culture, they were into pop culture in the 2000s. You sure. would recognize a lot of faces. The small movie. comedy indie. Yeah, 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 for sure. World. So, yeah. Um, uh -huh. That's the cast, though. And they make this movie. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's funny just to think. Um... They'll look a little bit too old for the roles, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Just not when I first watched this movie, it just all seemed so natural, and it all made so much sense. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. you know, the performance is what make the, makes the movie. You know? I mean, of course you got Michael Sarah and Kat Dennings. But yeah. Like said, going back to that, two leads that you wouldn't have anymore. And no, it's just you like wouldn't. They make uh, this movie seem real. And you they care do. a lot about – you care more – about them falling in love than you would care about two hunks or something. Yeah, it, no, it's weird because like Michael Sarah in this movie, he's so like relatable. I don't know how to describe it. Like at least for me, even almost 30 years old, I'm like, oh yeah, like I remember being that guy, you know, sure. heartbroken and you're looking around. You're like, well, this doesn't make sense, right? Meanwhile, you got a girl in front of you going like, hey, you should date me, right? Yeah. But then you also have like Kat Dennings, and like her charm in this movie, you know, 
Let me go back to Michael Sarah though. He hit a streak, though. We always talk about acting streaks and like boom, 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 like Gosling, yeah. Oscar Isaac, right? All right. So, of course, Arrested Development, like the streak he was on in that time period, Arrested Development, yeah. Juno, Super Bad, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Youth and Revolt. It all came crashing down with year one, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Very forgetful movie. And then he sort of like died, like he literally dies in This Is The End. Oh, yeah. And like in that movie, he gets impaled by like a street lamp or something, and he dies. And in some weird way, the character of Michael Sarah in Hollywood kind of died with that movie. Like we didn't see him in the teenage roles anymore. You know, he got a little too old, started doing his own thing, right? Sure. And that was like the last of them. Like he doesn't really come out in that much. I know he does like independent films every now and then, but... He doesn't really do much now, you know? Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. I don't know. It just uh, seems like he doesn't feel like acting anymore. It seems like. I mean, he just has enough money to just live off it forever. Yeah, hopefully. He's a good, He's a, such a great actor, in my opinion. Yeah. And especially in this role in Scott Pilgrim. I think Scott Pilgrim is probably, like, my favorite role. We got to review that one, I think, because I think, man, I remember watching Scott Pilgrim in theaters. Oh, yeah. And thinking like, dude, this movie is phenomenal, right? But at the time, though, audiences weren't ready for that. Video game culture and nerd culture and manga culture was not what it was in 09 or 10, whenever that came out. Completely different. People who are into that stuff don't like that movie because it's not like childish enough i guess or it's hard to explain but it just doesn't seem like their kind of movie yeah anyway going back to michael Sarah as a star is that i think people resented him for being a star in the first place for being successful and being in all these movies who were like making a lot of money winning awards and people were like why is this guy why is this guy in movies yeah he kind of hit like, like a, a guy i know what you're saying he kind of hit like a who like works a, at subway or something yeah he kind of just he, he didn't hit that. right with some people yeah a lot of people i don't know why they just they like I want to go see movies of people who are pretty. Yeah, are pretty and all that stuff. And, and charming, like, always charismatic, and always know the right thing to say. And, and I think uh, it's like not the that. same thing happened with Jonah Hill, too, post-Superbad. Sure. You know, he sort tried of. to do, like, these comedies. I like I remember The Babysitter. Yeah. Like, he tried to do stuff on his own, and it just it wouldn't click. Like, people didn't want to see him on his own, right? It wasn't until, like, Moneyball, right? right? And then The Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. where you go, holy shit, this guy can fucking act. You know what I mean? You yeah. can be this great side character and do something, you know? So, yeah, people didn't want to see Michael Sarah, you know, in, in that type of role. Like, yeah, he's never going to be the lead in Dune. He's never going to be the lead in, like, a Marvel movie, wow. you know? He's his own thing, and it, sh- and it shows in this movie. Yeah, he has a little bit of that 70s actor-ness. Yeah, he just it looks like a guy, and he's he and he's funny, he's good, but all right, all right. Bobo made the best cookies I've had in a while. Homemade. Anyway, uh, moving on, to Kat Dennings, Kat Dennings. Dennings. Where was she at at this point in time? Just the, well, just the real, just the real upstart. Just getting started. Just getting started. I know Charlie Bartlett oh, yeah. was 08. I think spring 08. Or 07. And, yeah. of course, that, that starred the late, great Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. Yeah. Also, the comeback, the beginning comeback of Robert Downey Jr. in that movie, too. He plays, like, a teacher or a principal. Yeah. So she was in that movie. And this is before Two Broke Girls. 
Yeah, way before. Way, this is like three or four years before. So she was just getting started. She's amazing in Two Broke Girls or was, you know, for a, however long that show was yeah, on Yeah, it's a horrible show, but she's good in it, yeah. She is. I would always like to see, like, the random cameos by comedians. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in that show. Shout out to Whitney Cummings, making a great show. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Good job, Whitney. So, uh, yeah, Kat Danning's just getting started. Um, I, I, I honestly forgot, like, how good she was of an actress, or she is, you know? She really showcases something special here. Her kind of uh, persona isn't really uh, being catered to, I guess, in mainstream movies besides, you know, supporting parts in Marvel movies. She's in a Marvel movie? Which one? She's in Thor 1 and 2. I don't know. Yeah, she was in those movies. She was like uh, Natalie Portman's sidekick. Oh, she was? Yeah. Shout out. Her assistant or something. I don't know. For her. Well, she could do better. You know, no, she, she, I honestly thought, She's funny. I honestly thought she was going to be, like what you said about Michael Sarah, that person, like 70s acting. Yeah. Somebody that can really like, just like bring a whole new like acting style or like just something raw and like original. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's ever been given the shot, in my no. opinion. So, but, you know, just a great performance in this movie. Um. Yeah, there's something about uh, uh, their performances and the writing that just uh, makes you buy into their teenage foolishness. You do, and you mentioned foolishness, yeah. right? Yeah. The story is pretty simple. Yeah, it's, it's kind of dumb, yeah. We, we got to find Fluffy. The band wears Fluffy, the band, but also we also have to find our friend Caroline, mm. who's, in a drunken, who's in a drunken mess on an adventure of her own. Yeah. We have those two things, and we also have the romantic you know, relationship building and building and building and the heartbreak of Nick. So it's very simple. Like it's in one night. These are the actors. Mm. This is the cast. This is the story. Let's follow along. Everything else is kind of layered on it. The soundtrack, the look, right? The style of clothing, right? The phones. The phones, the era that it was, you know, taking uh, place in. And, um, I really like the the look of this movie. Yeah, you shot can tell. by Tom Richmond. Yeah, of a shopping mall frame fame. <laughs> shopping mall? Yeah, I've never seen that. It's a little eighties horror movie. It's fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, you can tell they were shot on film. Yeah, a certain graininess to it. Yeah, and a certain if, uh, warmth of the light. Warmth of light, neons, right? Yeah, all neon lights. It's New York, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. So. Tom Richmond, he also shot Chapter Twenty Seven with oh, Jared yeah. Leto, Ooh. right at and right at your door with Rory Cochran. So two like independent movies from that like, in my opinion, one of the better independent eras of film, the two thousands. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They're taking more chances back then. What are you gonna do? But the look of this movie, sure. it has a, a certain grain to it. A lighting, there's a, I don't know. It looks like an Urban Outfitters catalog. Before Urban Outfitters went like indie hipster, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. So, it's a good-looking movie, in my opinion. You know, and the way New York City is just lit—the lights, the neons, the restaurants, the diners, the clubs—there's like a certain romanticism to this movie. Yeah, it's a little slick too. It's a little bit too polished. Yes, but... we'll get to that in a sec because there's okay. a few critics that talked 
about that look. Oh, yeah? We'll, lay, we'll get to that with the reception of the movie later on. But, you know, there's a certain look to the movie and New York City. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't help, like, feel like a romanticism of that era, you know? No, for sure. Yeah, it's a very uh, nostalgic for anyone who, uh, I guess, was around our age during that period of time. Just yeah. Sort of young. Young. Who listened to that kind of music. Yeah, impressionable. Who maybe had a dream of living in New York one day. If no. it got way too expensive for anyone but trust yeah. kids who live there. Yeah, no, it's, a, in my opinion, this okay, so this movie was shot in 07, released in 08. Yeah. But in my opinion, it, it it's, when it was shot, even when it was released, it was a special time in New York City. Because this is, I think it's post-Giuliani, right? So Giuliani started, you know, the city was already beginning to be cleaned up. Uh, it's post-9-11, right? Mm-hmm. There's that as well. But it's also like gentrification is slowly happening. It doesn't take off yet until maybe a couple years later. And, you know, you have the skyrocketing rent. You have a lot of uh, home issues, right? Where am I going to live? You know, mm-hmm. all these rich rich people, higher class people are coming in to uh, sort of lower end neighborhoods and the rents are going up. Yeah. Things are going up. Right, so there's also that as well. Did you read that book, uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom? I was about to bring up that book, Meet Me in the Bathroom. I forgot her name, but it, yeah, me too. It's, it's pretty much we have to we have to uh, get her name. Hold on. Wait, wait, I'll just grab the book. It's an oral history of, uh, I guess, the indie music scene in New York during the early 2000s. Oh, one to eleven. Oh, one to eleven. Starting, yeah, you know, um, what was it called? Jonathan Fire Eater. And, uh, you know, all the big bands, the Strokes, the big bands for that time. Strokes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, LCD. Uh, Elizabeth Goodman. So, right. Elizabeth Goodman wrote this book. It came out about five years ago. It's an incredible book. I haven't read the whole thing, but passages here and there. Because that era from 01 to 11 in New York City, in terms of indie rock, mm-hmm. or whatever indie rock was at the time, it's such a beautiful era because you have bands and you have artists still moving there right to new york city and they were able to afford things right they were able to live in squalor right but also do their art make their music right so like what you said yeah yeah yes lcd sound system interpol tv on the radio right there's a section about tv on radio where they talk about how during that period they were starting to gentrify yeah alphabet city yeah yeah so um the strokes okay right. so if anybody is over the age of okay if anybody's under the age of 30 i don't know that's me or maybe below 25 i don't know how people are that listen to this but hmm. if you're too young to remember when the strokes hit like i remember when the strokes hit right i was like eight or nine so when the strokes hit there was nobody like them this is hard for people to believe because in that era of music where it's late 90s, early 2000s, it was new metal. It was hard rock. It was pop. So you had bands like Rage Against the Machine, Limp Bizkit, Korn, right? Uh, no Doubt, Cypress Hill, right? You had Dr. Right. Dre. You had Woodstock hip-hop. 2000, which you had is a Woodstock big, 99. Uh, yeah, so it's, tragedy. So That's all you had. You had that type of music. and. Yeah. There was something about it. Well, now people are nostalgic for that music. I'm not nostalgic for that music. Granted, I love Rage Against the Machine. Right? Yeah, me too. But 
it was already ending that era. And when the strokes hit, they brought a look, a feel, and a sound that you hadn't heard since Iggy Pop or that 70s like MC5 with uh, uh, television, right? Mm. So there was that look and feel Garage rock revival, they call Garage it. Garage rock revival. White stripes too, you know? Exactly. I was about to get to them too. So you had the white stripes too, but the strokes... They were like, they had like a look, like Julian Casablanca's Albert Hammond Jr. Yeah. They were like fucking cool. Like you looked at them and they're like, oh, dude, I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to wear slimmer clothes. Yeah. And this is the look now. It took over from 01 until maybe like, I don't know, 2010s maybe. Or whenever First Impressions of Earth came out, 06, they were a terrible album by the Strokes. In my opinion, in my opinion. That was a lot of good songs on it. But. Can't call it terrible. But things were changing, though. Yeah, it's not yeah. terrible, terrible. But it definitely fell off from Room on Fire. So the strokes hit, and things changed. You have the White Stripes, the Garage Rock Revival, and things started to flip and turn a different way. So if anybody is old enough to remember when the strokes hit and they did a $2 bill concert on MTV2, which was the fucking shit, in my opinion, MTV2 would do, like, $2 bill concerts, right? It would be, like, a venue, the band, audience, film it. Beastie Boys did one. Uh, I think, uh, who else? Uh, I know The Strokes did one, of course, and there was, they would do, like, they would get, like, up-and-coming bands or established bands to do these shows, and it was a huge hit. So that book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, is very special. You know, it, yeah. it catalogs an era of time in New York City that may never be repeated again. Exactly, yeah, and this movie captures the end of that. Yeah, back half. Initial time period where, uh, like you said, all those big bands sort of are starting to fall off. Interpol, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, maybe not fall off creatively. It was starting to change. TV on the radio was just getting, they were getting started. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, they were hitting the streets there. Yeah, but then um, I guess what you would call it is that commercial aspects weren't as big as they were initially. Yeah. Uh, creatively, maybe they didn't involve as much as they could have. Except that, yeah, yes, did. Well, it's, it's a different conversation. But anyway, this movie captures the end of that time period, the end of that special time where indie music was sort of having a big boom before it crashed and it turned into a lot of corporate-driven indie-fed, yeah. indie-pop, indie-electronica, indie-rock. Yeah. It kind of morphed into, artificial. It, it morphed into something else. But that era, though, when this – you know, I, I heard a podcast the other day with comedian Mark Norman. He's a New York City comedian. And they were asking him about New York City. They go, when did you move to New York City? He said, I moved here in 2007, right? And he goes, it has changed. He said, there was an electricity in the air when I moved here where artists, you could still go to New York City, maybe even LA, right? But you could go to New York City and become an artist, become a comedian. He goes, nowadays, in 2022, 2021, you can't really do that. You don't have to go to New York City. You don't have to go to LA. You could be a comedian in Denver. You could be a comedian in Nashville, right? And just due to the living circumstances in New York City, it's one of the reasons why artists and comedians are getting priced out, right? The full gentrification. He goes like, yeah, there used to be mom and pop shops here and there and unique places to go to. Now there's a Chase Bank and a Dairy Queen, right? I'm summarizing, but he had a good point, you know? And I think this movie captures that era of like, there is a specialness to it, you know? And it's good to, it feels good looking back on it and being like, I remember this era. You know, is it, mm. it, 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 there's something there. Like you could touch it, you could feel it. The internet has disbanded us so much 
and social media has just like withered away any form of community. I think Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, it captures that like right before the internet became alive and became the beast it is now. It's yeah. in here. All this you, is it. Yeah. All you had was MySpace back then. MySpace. And like you're, you had to boot up a desktop computer or a shitty and laptop. You have it on your phone. It was, or yeah, fucking shit phones with lot, flip phones. Yeah. And like, um, you have a scene where Nick and Nora are trying to find each other and they have to like call each other on a paid phone. And they're like, yeah. What's your cross streets? Old shit like that. Yeah. Cross streets. It's like you never have to do that anymore. You can just look somebody up, drop a pin or something. No, oh, yeah. It's a lot less effort. And communicating with people at the same time, you're not connecting as deeply. To be a little cliche and glib. Yeah. No, it's like community, like like payphone, cross streets. Yeah. Nowadays, like Google Map it. This Drop is where it's in. Yeah, it's fine it. here. Yeah, it's like community before the internet, like it, what, it, what it is now, how shitty it is. If anybody's too young to remember, the 2000s and the early 2010s of the internet, it's the fucking wild, wild west, dude. Anything goes... It was so non-corporate-y. Granted, it was getting there. But it was so, like, you can do anything. It felt like you could... It was so free. I don't know how to describe it, you know, the internet. It was like, anything goes. Now we get this... It's like Ray Liotta at the end of Goodfellas, where he goes, like, nowadays I just get noodles with ketchup when I request spaghetti. That's what the fucking internet is now. It's like Sopranos, right? It's like he says... He, Tony says it came in at the end of this thing. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. No more good old days. It's all gone. It's all gone. Yeah, it's the wreck of the past. So, like... I think uh, we're also looking at this from an older perspective, I guess, and that we're getting older and... Uh, yeah, more disconnected from the... From, disconnected from each other. From, from each other, other people, from people, from any music. Like, uh, I still listen to music, but it's not hitting as deeply as it used to. Yeah, like I know. I was that age. Yeah, there's I that. Still like it, can still see it's good, but still at the same time, I don't feel it as much. It still hits for me. Like if I listen to something and I go, "Man, this is like fucking great," you know what I mean? Yeah, like I still can appreciate it, but it doesn't like seem as groundbreaking, euphoric as it used to when I was. It's still euphoric for me, I think. Good. I don't know. I still nice. get that excited, even watching a movie or listening to a song. I'm like, "Oh yeah, like goddamn, oh. this is hitting right." I'm like, "Yes, yeah. right." Ugh. So like good for you. You mentioned like pre-social media, right? Yeah. I just feel like social media now is just used too much of a crutch. Maybe. And it, or like phones are just used. Like look, look, you could see them on this phone, and this is happening. And they just characters and writers they use it as a crutch in the movie. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I think writers are pretty good about avoiding using phones. They should avoid phones, in my opinion. Yeah. It's you not know. fun. It's not no, this, cinematic. This movie uses the fucking radio for Where's Fluffy. They have to tune into a radio station. Oh, yeah. And they have to be like, Fluffy is going to be here. This is the clue. And you're like, oh, the radio. I remember when the radio, you would listen and be like, it's only going to happen right now. Pay attention. There's no rewinding the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they also have like that iPod Classic. I remember that yeah. iPod Classic. I still have mine. I have, really? I have a couple of them. I still listen to music that way sometimes. I used to have one. Yeah, it's dude. Cool. I Dude. Anybody who's obsessed with music and can somehow get music on an iPod Classic, you should do it. That's the best form to listen to it. I really think Apple should like re uh, reboot it in sure. some way. They should make a sole music player only, just for fucking music. Yeah. I don't want to have the distraction of fucking you know 
whatever the fuck internet, you know what I mean? Text messages. You're like put it on do not disturb mode. I do put it on do not disturb mode, and I ignore people, and they get offended and they get hurt. Right? They're like, Nick's not answering. I'm like fuck. I'm listening to fucking music, man. Okay, so. Apple, do yourself a fucking favor. Remake the Apple iPod Classic. There's a lot of people out there that would benefit from it, that want it. We need a sole music player. Integrate Apple Music into it. Find some way to do it. I don't give a fuck. We need a sole music player. Having it on the phone is too easy. It's too fucking, it's, it's fucking dumb. So that's my opinion on that. There you but, have it. Nick's Sunday Soapbox. Uh, yeah, Sunday Apple Soapbox. Class. There we go. But speaking of music, the, the, the soundtrack makes the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right, just to name a few, we mentioned Devendra Bernhardt, right? He has a song playing in the beginning called Lover. Uh, Vampire Weekend is on this, this fucking is like soundtrack. This started, yeah. Vampire Weekend. Their first album came out. Yeah. The year this movie came out. Yeah. They, this is before they broke, like, into the mainstream, right? Sort I, of, yeah. I'm not a fan of the band. You know, I'm not into them, but people love them. So, you know, this is where they got kind of started here. We got Band of Horses. Fucking Band of Horses on this. Yeah, Bishop I'm Allen. Sure. And, of course... The one and only Mark Mothersbaugh doing a few the tracks score. in there. Score, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a catchy soundtrack, I gotta say. Um, it fits, because this movie is more about, it's like a teen movie. It's sort of a love story. It's sort of like a studio, like yeah. indie studio polished. Indie studio movie. polished, yeah. So it's not really going to delve into all the like, little sub-genres and indie No, I think, they, I think they could have done a better job. I, even looking sure. at this soundtrack, I'm like, it's a little two, three years behind. Maybe. You know, I don't know. I feel like they could have, like, gotten a bit more, like, I don't know. I mean, even the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs could have been on this at some point, in my opinion. You know, it might know. have been more expensive, yeah. might have been, yeah, the license. That's what I was thinking, the, to license it. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but this movie made money. Yeah. Like, it made a lot of money, dude. Maybe. Like $30 million, according to the research. Yeah, it's not bad. Budget of 10 million. Budget of 10? Fucking three times as much. Factor in DVD sales, soundtrack. You know, for a movie. Streaming rights, not streaming rights, but you know, you you, would see this movie on HBO or something or Showtime. Yeah. For 30 million, I mean, $30 million, that's pretty good, man. But, you know, as we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. about the reviews of the movie, right? At the time, like Peter Travers of the Ro- of Rolling Stone, you know, hailed critic, very respected. I like him. Uh, he gave it a two out of four. Yeah. Didn't see eye to eye with this movie. Uh, another critic from the Village Voice, uh, Robert Wolanski, he gave it a negative review. And it's a very, very scathing review. Oh, yeah. Uh, people could look it up. I try to find the link to it, but it, it, the link was broken. But uh, it might be on like the IMDb or something. But um, Sound like an old man who was like, oh. People get it now. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, I know, Ebert, love and passion is Ebert, soul to you. right? Ebert, uh, he gave it like a two out of four or something. He didn't really like it that much, yeah, either. I mean, it's something, something that like a lot of old men, a lot of old white men, I guess, are gonna be able to connect with, you know. And it was weird, it was weird because I'm like, no, this movie has heart and soul, man, and they're, yeah. they're kind of like waving it off as like classic bubblegum teenage movie, like, yeah, you know, who crafted this. You know what marketing team who did this and that i'm like no 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 like watching it now i'm like this movie matters it holds up dude you know in my opinion on the third watch though like i i feel like it's still a great experience mm-hmm. you know and, and like 13 years later like it's kind of strange to see like new york city in this light this still like hopeful light you know what i'm saying and like 
there's something about it though. It captures like the hipster culture before like hipster culture in the 2010s, early 2010s, where it became like a like a like a awful like adjective to describe somebody. Like yeah, the word hipster at the time was still fucking cool. I don't know how to describe it. It, it was still like these things mattered. The types of music you listen to, the books you read, the magazines you read, right? The films you watch, right? These things mattered at the time. But then by the time, like, I don't know, like, marketing teams and corporations got of the got hold of the word hipster, it became, like, the worst thing ever. It's just gross. The word hipster now. It was just, sort of like an elitist. That's what you would be weird. called. You would be called an elitist now. But I'm just like, dude, I remember when this these things mattered and now like the internet, every, everybody has a fucking cell phone. Everybody has social media. And it's like, we're all tapped into the same thing. But we're all divided by different shit. It's fucking disgusting. You had this look of pain on your face when you talk. No, it is because deep pain, there is deep pain on my face because it's, it's, it's terrible. I think it's terrible. What American like pop culture has become what American youth is now. It's like fucking gross, dude. Like there's no sense of like belonging. There's no sense of community. There's no sense of we're tapped into the same wavelength. Not through fucking phones, but like it's kind of like talking to you. We're tapped into the same wavelength in some weird way on specific ideas and themes, right? But it feels like there used to be communities tapped into those ideas and things now that's all dissipated you know it's 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 weird and it's fucking gross but that's america in 2022 right um i mean it's just uh i don't know if it is social media or if it's always been this way in some sort of you know we graduate from college even back then yeah we knew a lot of people yeah we didn't like some of them but at the same time there were still people around us yeah. who were still sort of into the same thing Kind of, yeah. That we could talk to you. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, find your people, find your community. This movie reminded me of that. It's hard. But find your community. That's the, like, in this movie, that was the whole thing. And hope. Like, it's kind of weird watching this movie. There's hope to this movie. The hope of falling in love. The hope of finding a band that you fucking really fan over. Mm -hmm. The hope of finding your drunk best friend so she doesn't get hurt. Yeah, well, that's just being that age that they are in the movie. You're so, still so hopeful about the future, and then uh, yeah, should make a sequel to this movie. And it's all no, we're depressed. never gonna touch this movie. Leave it alone. Let they're it like, go away. They're like married, but they're like thinking about getting a divorce. No. Oh yeah, it's a good one. It's like, like marriage story kid. meets Nishinora. Yeah. <laughs> they're like trying to reconnect over and over. No, music, no, they'd be they in a polyamorous it. relationship. Maybe. Too afraid to to uh, break up. But no, you, sure. like hope. There's hope in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ironic because Obama would be Obama, president yeah. a month later, right? And he ran on hope and change. And people can look back with cynicism on Obama. It's very easy to look back and either romanticize a period or even be scathing of a period or person like Obama. Obama gave hope to people and change. He, he, there was there's something there was something about him so special that we just wipe our ass with. As Americans, we just fucking shit on the guy. We now. do. A lot of people do. I've heard a lot of people shit on him now. But sure, yeah. it just it's just ironic the the theme of hope in this movie and then Obama coming into office a month later. Also, this movie came out like a week or two before the recession went down, before the market crashed. Yeah. So 
just a very strange time, I think. It's like the beginning of something new. It's in a you know? Morningson time, you know. I guess so. Before Manson or his groupies to kill all those people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you brought something up. I, I you know, like oh, a couple months ago, we were we were at a concert. Uh, yeah. And you were looking at the crowd, <laughs> and you said this to me. You said, "Where were these people when I needed them? Where were that. these people? Remember that? Sure. You're like, where where were these people? You know." So you see all those people at a concert, you never know where they are. You never usually. know where they are. And they look like interesting people, people who, might, who we might have the same wavelength of books, movies, and film, all that stuff. And you're looking at them, and you're like, where were these people when I needed them? And I'm like, and I thought, I was like, holy shit, he's right. So whatever that is that you're searching for, or as a youth, you're searching for, yeah, you have to keep it. You're searching for it, whatever the it is, whatever it be, love, community. Maybe it's both. Maybe happiness right i don't know why when you said that it related to me so much because i remember that guy does not belong in my show. Yeah. <laughs> you see that guy that fucking that fucking cholo dude look at him they got him from central casting they're like dude you just have to run and we'll give you like 50 bucks he's like fucking 50 bucks fool fuck yeah fool and he fucking ran all the way he was like, this guy's not going to a worst fluffy concert he's running away from the police well, I wouldn't say that. It or, could be uh, DHS. You, know? you always see one of those Mexican guys at like uh, that is true. a national concert. Yeah, dude. There's always like one like Chicano dude. I remember I think I was on an Animal Collective show and I like turned around and there was like a fucking cholo and a flannel. I was like, oh shit, what up, fool? I was like, god damn, even he's here. You know? People love Am- Anko. Um, they used to. So, I don't know. With all this cynicism, bullshit, and hatred in America right now, and kind of like disbelief as to where we're heading, yeah, and it's it's just nice to see a movie like this where it makes you feel warm inside, loved. Yeah, it's nostalgic. Nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the cracks now, but at the same time, I just still like it. Hell yeah, I agree. I feel like I can make it better, but you know, it's fine. I can't. I can make it. This movie is perfect as is. Yeah. So like it's funny at like right here. This is the best. This is like the best scene when Lothario. Yeah. <laughs> it's something beautiful here. It's confusing because he looks the same as like uh, Triss's new boyfriend. Yeah. The gum bit is disgusting. The gum bit is disgusting, but it works. Sure. <laughs> I, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, we're watching the scene where Jay Baruchel pushes Michael Sarah, and then Lothario, boom, headbutts. <laughs> he starts to cry. It's too fucking good, dude. Oh, so that man. scene, that scene of Andy Samberg is really funny. Oh hell yeah, yeah. He's like, hey man, you're hooked up with a dog. Yeah, <laughs> hooked up with the it's dog. Not worth it. Andy Samberg's good. I like him. Yeah, he's funny. I know some people don't like him. He did Hot Rod. I'll never forget that day. I had the choice to either. I had fifteen dollars. <laughs> All right, this is gonna be a fucking dumb story. I'll share it anyway. I had fifteen dollars in my pocket. I was yeah. like, either I go see Superbad or Hot Rod. And I was like, let's go see Superbad. And oh, it was yeah. like a way better movie. <laughs> you know? People like uh, Hot Rod. I haven't seen it, but, you know, yeah. it's fans out there. I guess it does, yeah. So, uh, that's yes, Superbad, one of those teenage classics. Dude, Superbad, dude, it still holds up. I still have my original posters. Yeah. My McLovin poster, my fucking, just a general Superbad poster that I bought when it came out. Um, yeah, it's just, dude. uh, it's one of those movies, you know, everything uh, lines up. Uh, just fucking amazing, dude. I know, like, 
there's just that liquor scene, liquor store scene, yeah. where they catch McLovin. Every time I'm in LA, I go to that liquor store. I pass by it. Oh, like, yeah. That's fucking super. I go, dude, this is where Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah they run after that girl who has the fake implants. Yeah. He's walking her dog. I was like, it's right here. I was like, holy shit. You know? But um, now, with that being said, I mean, you know, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, check it out. If you haven't seen it, you'll have to rent it. Um, sure. You know, pay some moolah to see it, you know, but. You got to do the classic when you got to, like, get a DVD from Netflix. Oh, yeah, I still do that. Watch it on your old DVD player. Or, like, put it in your PS3 or something. I still do that shit. Fuck yeah. Or your PS2, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, the PS2 doesn't play Blu-ray, but, you know, that's what it no, is. No, get a DVD. Oh, get You can't watch this yeah. movie in Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. Maybe, right? but you gotta watch it on DVD. That's the authentic experience. That is the authentic experience. Try to get like a VHS too if you can. I don't know. Nah, they didn't have VHS. If VHS were phased they out. They did have VHS. At the time, I think it was already phasing out. By the time 09, it was released in 09. What was the last one they made? It was like I have no idea. Lord of the Rings or something. Maybe. Oh, dude, like a four pack of, of like the Fellowship of the <laughs> it's Ring. It's like one of those two packs, you know, like <laughs> it's the, the long movies. Pack. Remember how yeah, like, the Titanic one? It's the like, Titanic one was huge. I had one. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But that's it for Nick and Nord's Infinite Playlist. You know, thank you so much for listening to this amazing uh, time here. And Well, yeah, you know, I mean, just enjoy the ride, I guess. And, dude, enjoy what, the ride. Or are you going to be just pessimistic about no, the you're world right, around dude. you? What can you do to change it? Dude, Nothing I don't really. know. Just enjoy the ride. And if you're, if you're like, I don't know, maybe like in your early 20s and you're listening to this, the world's going to change so much. And by the time you get to like, I don't know, 35, it's going to be unrecognizable. Just do yeah, like been technology. Like, what? Like 10 years since I've seen this movie for the movies, first yeah. 10 or 13 11 years. years. Yeah, 13 years. Since I've seen this movie for the first time and just like I've changed so much. And like yeah, you change so much. And then like the world changes and tech. By the time, if somebody's 20 and right now or 21 and they listen to this, I don't know, when they're 36 or something. Yeah. 37. Like, dude, it's gonna be fucking VR, dude. You know what I'm saying? You know, everything's gonna be in VR. Not even gonna go outside. It's gonna be totally different. So, if you have friends right now, hang out with them. Just appreciate them. Appreciate them. Gotta appreciate remember. the nights when you guys are doing fucking nothing, driving around to find something to do. Ooh. Yeah. Just remember, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, life is getting like getting hit with like a bag full of nickels over and over and, uh, yeah, and then getting made fun of Don Rickles right after. <laughs> yeah, you gotta appreciate how fast it goes. Like I remember, I'm now I am now nostalgic for time periods. I know that I hated when I was going through them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, dude. You know, I'll talk about it off the mic, but because uh, it'll just be like blabber. But um, no, I feel the same way. Some people like that. Some way, man. Uh, I feel the same way. Time time goes by way too fast, and like. I don't know. Just reflect when you're in it. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it's hard, like you said, and it's hard to do that. Yeah, because you're like when you're like going through it, you're like it's just like yeah, and, and you're just, like caught I don't up know. in the good like, feelings. And I always tell like friends like, hey man, it ends. like I always tell friends I love them. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you know, tell them you love them because you never know, man. That person could just disappear one day. They could die or something true. terrible could happen. And like you're you're like, oh man, the last thing I said to that guy was like. You know, a really bad suck joke. My, yeah, <laughs> suck my nuts or something. Suck my dick, you know, but always tell your friends you love them and just cherish the time you're in, I think, especially your youth because yeah. it comes and goes. Yeah, like you think you like you get old, you think you're going to be an adult, you're going to have money, going to have all this freedom. 
that's just like you just don't want to do it. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. So, yeah, but yeah, bag so, of nickels. That's what it is. I agree. So, thank you so much for listening, guys. I, you know, there's nothing much else to say. Hey, except what are you gonna do? Thank you for. Uh, it is what it is. It's a year. It's a year since our first recording of the podcast, and anybody who's listened to all of them, God bless you. We love you. Anybody who discovers this in the future. Hey man, we're trying our best. If you're listening to this and you're trying to cancel us, don't do it. Yeah, Just, I mean, uh, we'll pay probably, you. Yeah. We'll pay you to not cancel us. Well, I'll slip you like I'll slip you like a twenty or something. I won't slip anybody. I'll bend mill you forty dollars. I'll buy you a nice McDonald's meal, and that's about it. Or at least you know, you know, don't do it. I don't know. Uh, you don't know. do it. Like, hey, look, man. Where are we? Like, we're, like in the future, well, we'll be like a couple of indie filmmakers and just like. Making some trick off movies about how uh, depressing the world is. Yeah. Just, so why yeah. cancel us anyway? Yeah. We're not making any money with this. Yeah. We love doing this, by the way. We haven't been paid. Okay. We've been paid zero dollars for this podcast, and we're still doing it because it's fucking fun. So. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Check out the backlog of episodes. We got plenty more on the way, and have a great, uh, you know, January. Have a great uh, 2022. We hope to see you guys. Listen to this, and we cherish our listeners. Thank you so much.